In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the blessed month of Tut, and in it we read from the Gospel of St. Luke, the familiar Gospel of um, the, the sinful woman that comes and uh, sheds tears of repentance at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ and pours the fragrant oil upon his feet. And it's a gospel that we are familiar with because the, tur- the church places it every night in the midnight hour uh, in the second watch as the gospel for us to pray and read every night to remind us of the importance of us examining ourselves and shedding those tears at least within our hearts in, uh, and so every day the church wants us to repent and reminds us of this. And I'm going to share a short meditation as we read the gospel. We can think of the, the three main characters that are in it. There's Simon, uh, the Pharisee. There's the sinful woman herself. And there's, there's our Lord Jesus Christ. From Simon, we can learn to receive a warning. From the sinful woman, we receive a lesson and from Christ himself receive a model, an example. And so Simon, he invites Christ. So number one, Simon, we receive a warning. The warning is that we see that Simon invites Christ over to his house, and we would think he's inviting him out of love. But truly, when you look at the customs of the Jews back then, he did not do the acts of love And Christ rebukes him for it. He tells him, I came into your house, you didn't wash my feet. I came into your house, you didn't kiss me. I came into your house, you didn't pour oil. And these were all customary things that the Jews did when someone came over to their place. And so if he loved Christ, he would have done these things. But Simon was probably thinking to himself about Christ, you are lucky to enter my house. I am Simon, the Pharisee. I am the, the, the person who's, who everybody wants to come and visit his house. And so he, he thought of himself very highly. He thought of himself as worthy of having Christ over in his house. And so we can ask ourselves, when we come to the church, what is our feeling? Do we come entering the church feeling like Simon, being worthy, being uh, worthy to enter and to approach him? Or is my feeling one of unworthiness, one of a contrite heart, one of repentance, one of reverence towards Christ, one of love. How do I approach the holy mysteries on the altar? Is it without really taking any thought and oh, it's something I do and that's it? Or is it with reverence, knowing that the Lord shed his blood on the cross for my salvation? Simon felt that way. He felt, uh, I'm worthy. And I have no need of anything. I'm good. And because of that, he was judging. And that's the second warning that we receive. One, we need to enter. The first one is one, we need to enter with the feeling of unworthiness and reverence into the house of the Lord. But the second one is that Simon, the whole time he's sitting there and he's judging. He's thinking, if this man were a prophet, and you notice that it's a thought, it's not even said out loud, but he's thinking. This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. And then he moves on, not just judging Christ himself, but he moves on to judge the sinful woman. And she's a sinner and she's this and that. And yet, when Christ comes and speaks to him and gives him the example of the debtors, and he asks him, uh, who, who will love him more? He gives the example of the debtors and says, who will love him more? 
And he says, I suppose the one whom we forgive more. And he says, I suppose. Out in the open, he's very cautious to make a judgment. But internally, he's very quick. He's very rash. And this is sometimes how we behave as well. In our minds, our thoughts go everywhere. We could be standing in church judging the person standing next to us. We can be judging the person uh, serving with us. We can be judging the priest, the bishops, the pope, and so on and so forth. Um, and we're very quick. But if we're asked to say something, we're very cautious because we don't want people to judge us. And so in Simon, we receive the warning of not being quick to judge. Uh, we see how quickly he's judging and the Lord rebukes him for it. And so let's be watchful of this sin. Number two in the woman, when we look at the woman, we look at her to learn. We look at her to learn. You know, she enters the house of Simon and they're speaking about her. They're thinking and, uh, you know, Simon's having this conversation with Christ about her. And then the people there are saying, this, who is this man that even forgives sins? And they're speaking basically about her. She doesn't care. She's focused on one thing. I have sins and I need to offer repentance. I have my sins and I, I, I need to kiss the feet of my Savior. I need to wash his feet with my tears. That's her focus. She doesn't care about anything else. And because of that, she fulfills what St. John Climacus says. St. John Climacus, when he talks about uh, repentance, he says this, Greater than baptism itself is the fountain of tears after baptism, even though it is somewhat audacious to say so. For baptism is the washing away of evils that were in us before, but sins committed after baptism are washed away by tears. As baptism is received in infancy, we have all defiled it, but we cleanse it anew with tears. And so she cleanses herself with her tears. Greater than the waters of baptism, St. John Climacus says, are the tears of repentance. And they are renewable. Every time we fall, we are to get up and shed tears of repentance. That's why in the, in the you know, when we do metonias, metonia means what? A change of mind. So when we do those prostrations, those metonias that we do, it's as if we fall to the ground in sin, but we arise and we do the sign of the cross when we arise, knowing that through the power of Christ and his cross, we arise from our sins. And so every time we fall, we should arise and beg God to help us, give us the grace to get up from our fall, to overcome what it is we uh, fell, the sins that we are, we are falling into. And this woman knew her debt. You know, the, the Lord gives the analogy of the debt. One had a large debt and one had a smaller debt. And it didn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, it didn't matter who it was that had a large debt and who it was that had a smaller debt. He forgave both equally. And they were both indebted. And so are we. If we sin, it doesn't matter how big or small the sin is. We are indebted. We are sentenced to death, whether the sin is small or whether the sin is big. And the Lord comes and says, just know your debt and offer repentance, shed tears, and these debts are forgiven. And so we need to imitate this woman. And as soon as we offer repentance, we know that the Lord in his mercy offers us forgiveness. In the story of St. John the Short with St. Baisa, we know St. John the Short goes to St. Baisa and correct, you know, she's living a life of, of sin 
and he 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 gives her instructions and 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 she repents and she decides to leave the house of sin she's in and she follows him and that night she dies before saint john is able to bring her to a house of of virgins for her to live a life of repentance so saint john the short is weeping at night and he's he's telling the lord why lord why did you not give her a chance to, to get to that house and live a life of repentance. And he heard a voice from heaven saying what? I accepted her repentance the moment she offered it. And so we too should have that hope when we imitate the sinful woman, when we imitate Saint Baisa, the moment we offer repentance, the Lord accepts our repentance. But this only needs for us to have true feelings of repentance, know our unworthiness, our indebtedness, our sinfulness, not to judge one another, and to always have hope. Um, St. John Chrysostom says, pay attention carefully. After the sin comes, the shame. Courage follows repentance. So he's saying, after we sin, we should be shameful. We feel shame, and courage is what we experience once we repent. But then he says, did you pay attention to what I said? Satan upsets the order he gives, and instead he gives the courage to sin, and the shame to repentance. So instead of us finding that we are shame, ashamed after we sin, Satan comes before it and gives us courage to sin. And once we sin, because of shame, we lose the, the courage to, to, that we should find in repentance. And Satan comes and disrupts this order, but we need to find courage in the example of this sinful woman. And finally, we find in Christ a model, an example. He deals with everyone with gentleness, with love, with kindness. He is so patient. There's this man, Simon the Pharisee, judging him, having all these thoughts. He doesn't think, say to him, how dare you think this way? He doesn't accuse him. He doesn't rebuke him harshly. But he gives him an analogy. He gives him an example to awaken him, to make him aware of his sin. And with the woman who's shedding tears, he forgives her because she knows herself. And so the Lord is very kind, very beautiful, and we need to meditate on this. The Lord is just waiting for us, and whatever it is we did, as soon as we offer repentance, He forgives. And He's very patient as He was with Simon the Pharisee uh, with us. But the only condition here is that we accept His forgiveness. Sometimes we don't accept it. Sometimes we don't acknowledge that He's offering us forgiveness. And the way to accept it is by us offering that repentance. There's a story that happened, you know, if, if any of you studied law, uh, it, it happened in, in the history of, of, the, of the United States. There was a man that was condemned and sentenced to death to, uh, to, to, to by, 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 uh, for, for, for different um, cr crimes that he had committed. And so the president pardoned him, and the man refused the pardon. And so they, they, they went to, to, to the president, and he said, well, if he doesn't accept the pardon, then he will die. There's nothing I can do. It is a grace that is offered to him, and if he doesn't accept it, then he suffers the consequence. And so we too are offered this grace. We are offered this grace of forgiveness. We are offered this grace every day we enter the church. But the one condition is that we accept it. And we accept it by having a contrite heart. We accept it by 
offering tears of repentance, if we don't have physical tears, and at least with our hearts, we accept it by approaching the holy mysteries, not judging our brothers, but condemning ourselves for the sins we've committed and approaching, begging the Lord for the grace and strength to overcome the sins that we have, the habits that we have. And when we do this, then uh, we imitate the sinful woman. We imitate the sinful woman in washing the feet of Christ and offering repentance. We imitate the sinful woman in kissing the feet of Christ and loving His Word. We imitate the sinful woman in anointing His head with oil by not only loving His Word, but keeping His Word in our minds and dwelling on it. May the Lord grant us to offer many fountains of tears as He gave in the past as a sinful woman, and to Him be the glory now and forever and to the age of all ages. Amen.